Hey, everybody, it's Lee. I know we're heading into the offseason, so we wanted to give a shout-out to our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena, one more time. And again, we have a coupon for $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at hockey.sensearena.com. I always like to remind everybody, I've been using this thing for six months, and I'm just blown away, not just from the VR aspect of it and the virtual reality side of things, but the ability to give different perspectives of the game, whether I'm playing as a goaltender, and I got to admit, it is really hard, but it has really given me a perspective from that point of hockey, which has made me a better coach and a better ice hockey player, or the skater modes, which help you work on cognitive skills and other things like heads-up play that you don't normally get to work on in a practice or a game. So I implore you to check it out. It helps us out. It helps them out. Support our title sponsor, NHL Sense Arena. Get $50 off an annual subscription when you use Hockey Never Stops at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Again, that's Hockey Never Stops. That's the code at Hockey.SenseArena.com. Check it out. And without further ado, enjoy this episode of Our Kids Play Hockey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. Today, we're going to dive deep into fundraising. Now, don't tune away just yet. We had a lot of awesome discussions in this episode about how to do this right for your team to make sure that you're, A, making the most money, but also doing it ethically, doing it right in a way that can unify your team to have a better experience for the season. So make sure to listen ahead. Also want to let you know this episode is being powered by Hockey Wraparound, a company that lets you use your ice hockey game sticks outside without being damaged. So if you have kids that are dragging a 200, 300, dollars stick outside check out this product it's hockeywraparound.com and use the code okph for 20 percent off your order with that said please subscribe and follow us to go up on facebook follow us wherever podcasts can be heard and check us out at ourkidsplayhockey.com with that said enjoy this episode and i'll talk to you soon in about five seconds bye-bye Hello, hockey friends and families around the world. Welcome to another edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. I'm joined today, as always, by Mike Benelli and Christy Casciano Burns. And we got actually a really exciting topic today, and what seems to be a little collection of episodes about what to do before the season starts. Today, we're talking about fundraising. Now, don't roll your eyes and leave just yet. This is the episode you need to hear, especially the ones where you roll your eyes and look away. But we're going to talk about fundraising today, why we need fundraising, why you want to fundraise even after you've already paid all your registration fees, how to do it, the best ways to do it, why it's better than it's ever been before, how you can use it as a teaching tool for your kids to teach major life lessons. It's a major, major, major component of any season. And on top of that, today, as the youngest hockey parent here, no pun intended to anybody out there, I don't know a lot about it. Christy's been through it. Mike's been through it. And I need to learn a lot. So I'm going to be, again, an escort today or a, a conduit, a car to bring the new hockey parents to this episode. And my two co-hosts, who I value very much, are going to give all the information they possibly have about this topic. Right? So first thing, Christy, I'm going to jump to you. Let's just go over the basics. You know, why do we need fundraising after we've just, as you put it before the episode, we wrote this huge check to play. We just bought all these equipment. I have no money left. Why do I need to fundraise? It depends on the team that you're on, too. Um, I love one season when the coach opened it up by saying, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we've gone over all the things we want to do this season. And some of you want to add on to that. But guess what? It costs money. So let's let's talk about. Yep, we're going to talk about the F word. And everybody <laughs> gasp. <gasps> no, not the F word. <laughs> yes fundraising, the evil fundraisers that we have to do just to keep the team going for all those extras. 
tournaments cost money. If your team wants to play in tournaments, guess what? There are tournament fees. You got to cough up the money for that. It, it's not free. You just don't show up and say, hey, we want to play. There are fees for that. Those teams make money. So that's another fundraising idea for you. If you ever want to hold a tournament, you can make some money. Um, and then there's the extras. If your team wants to, let's say, um, you know, have uh, uh, snacks for the locker rooms, that's something that you can put aside in your budget. Maybe you want to buy T-shirts for all the kids, matching T-shirts, or, um, you know, something that you want to pay extra for to make the team just more fun for the season. All those extras are not covered by your registration fee. So you gotta come up with the money. And the best way to do it, a lot of parents don't like to do it. They say, just let me write the check. I don't wanna get involved. But fundraising can be really good for your team. Mike, what are some of the other costs that I maybe not have forgotten about that uh, go along with a hockey season? Yeah, and Mike, feel free to use the F word as much as you want in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm known for that. I, I think, I think, uh, you know, so, so being from the hockey director's side and, you know, doing that for what, 35 years, it's, it's there, there's a point where you have to understand too, through the fundraising as your organization, you got to be careful about what teams do what, because it always going to come down to, well, the, the 10, the, you know, the squirt team got to do this and the Bantam team didn't get this. But, you know, a lot of the answers are, well, they just did more outside of their registration fees. They did more of that fundraising opportunity to get, you know, maybe a special trip for a tournament. Maybe they did a team building exercise. Maybe they did uh, additional ice time for their organization. You know, all those kind of things go into why I think, you know, people do fundraisers. I mean, I probably am a little bit on this in this panel, especially. I know I'm the more jaded person when it comes to why are we asking people to raise money for probably the most expensive sport there is. And additionally, we're going out and getting things when I see to me, I just see so much wasted money from your own registration fees, you know, in, in organizations. So I think that's a whole nother, you know, conversation we can have today too, is that, you know, what is the fundraiser for? Is it good for your organization uh, and is it really going to help uh, in all other aspects of what we want to do with our kids and our players? And I think as a team, you have to decide what is it that you want? I mean, there was one year where we were on a team that wanted to do everything, travel, <laughs> play in every tournament, buy warm-up suits for the kids that matched um, T-shirts and all this extra. It was a really expensive year. We had a lot of fundraising that year. and We actually did it. Um, we paid for everything for our fundraising. And there are other years where the parents were just, let's keep it simple. I don't want to do this. I don't want to travel beyond, you know, 50 miles. I don't want warm-up suits for my kids. So as, as a team, you have to decide what is it? What are your goals this year? What kind of extras do you want to pay for? Do you want to just keep it really simple? That's fine too. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want to have a season that's like a wow, memorable, crazy season. Just get prepared to roll up your sleeves and help pay for it. Right. right. And I think, I think we have to remember too, that we're, we're here speaking as hockey parents and we're in our little, you know, silo of hockey, but think about all the people out there on your team that are doing fundraisers for all the other things they're involved in. You know, my son's in scouts. 
there's a ton of fundraising that goes on for scouts. He's at Lions Club. There's a ton of fundraising that goes on. Lacrosse team. The lacrosse team does fundraising. You know, so think about you've got to, as a parent, when you're interjecting into the fundraising program, you also have to think about, okay, because who gets hit up? You know, grandma, <laughs> grandpa, you know, your, your local inner circle gets, gets you know, hit first right. with, the, with the raffle tickets. Oh, and, then, yeah. and, then, and then hopefully, you know, I, I know we'll talk about it a little bit, but then there's other great ways that you can get your kids to fundraise that are going to help them, you know, outside of just asking grandma, Hey, can you buy these 10 raffle tickets for $10? And if you win and they don't care about winning whatever the raffle is, right. Or whatever the fundraiser is, they just want to contribute, but there's so many other aspects to a fundraiser uh, that you can do depending on how you're going to, you know, what you're going to do and then how you're going to approach it with your players. Right. And some of your friends who don't have young kids and aren't into the fundraising will duck and cover when they see you coming. (laughs) Oh no, here comes Willy Wonka, the chocolate factory. (laughs) I have no more money to give to you. This damn kid's playing on another team for God's sake. So, you know, (laughs) all he does is fundraise. (laughs) You know, so it it can, it can, especially if your kids are into other things, like you mentioned, scouts or cheerleading. Everybody has to do a fundraiser. So, that's why I think this is a good opportunity to come up with some fundraisers that will involve your kids and be less stressful on friends and family. You don't want to tap out the well too soon. Um, but there are things that you can do where the kids can really get involved and help raise the money, less stressful on you and your friends and a lot of life lessons for your kids. And we'll get into that in a moment. Right. So what I'm going to do this episode to make this fun and make it really interactive is as a new parent, I'm actually taking notes. So I'm just going to read my notes. I have, I have here, Christy, from your step one uh, and Mike. step one is identify what you need the money for. Right. I think that's the big takeaway from this first part of the, the show is, is do you even need the money? And if you do, what do you need it for? Well, one of the things I actually appreciated with my son's um, eight U team, I'm trying to get that right after we had that episode a few episodes ah. ago, um, is, uh, you know, the coach, this is his second year coaching. And he had told me that uh, and, and the team manager, look, things are going to come up. Things are going to come up. Dinners are going to come up. No matter what we do, no matter what you pay for, things are going to come up. So we created a slush fund, which is not fundraising. Um, but I had the same sentiments. Oh, we're paying all this stuff, but we still need to give this. It wasn't a problem. It was a fair amount, but, but they knew and identified before the season, we need money for this. Okay. So that's the first step is identify what you need the money for. If you're going to go all out, all right, slush one's not the answer. You're going to need to find something else. All right. So the next thing is, let's say you've identified what you need. Okay. We need to do a fundraiser. The next step I'm guessing is let's identify what's the best type of fundraiser to do and why. So I'm going to throw that back to you guys. What are the best types of fundraisers that you know of that you've been involved with and give examples um, uh, for the audience out there of what has been successful. And again, we will get to how it's a life lesson and and how to promote it later. But right now let's focus on types of fundraisers. And Mike, I know you want to jump into ROI as well. I think this is a great time to do that. Yeah. So what I would say is like, think about the fundraiser you're doing and think about the involvement of your kids and think about the involvement of your parents. And then think about, okay, you know, at the end of the day, the effort that I'm going to put in, is it over the effort? Unless you're trying to teach lessons, right? If I do a car wash for my 14U Bantam team, and at the end of the weekend, I made, let's just say $300. $300 for the effort to go to, to ask the kids to come on a Saturday morning, pray it's not going to rain, hope it's a nice sunny day. You know, you're already handing out, you know, uh, you, you know, Christy talked about it, 
a little bit, you know, about social media and, and having the ability to reach out to people to let them know what you're doing now is so much easier than, you know, sticking uh, posters up on, on telephone poles. Right. But I think, you know, we're, we're at the point right now We think about, you know, what is that fundraiser? Me, I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of bake sales. I'm not a fan of uh, car washes. I'm not a fan of things that really only get you out of, you know, there, you get this tiny little bit of money for this huge amount of effort. And, and it's probably the same people doing all the work all the time. It's the same two moms and two dads. And so I think finding fundraisers that you can do that, um, like uh, that take a lot of effort, but take a whole team effort, like golf tournaments, you know, golf tournaments are always really cool fundraisers because there's always somebody on the team. That's part of a, a club or knows somebody that, that, you know, or a bowling, a bowling tournament, or, you know, there's all these kind of great things that are, that are more active, more, you can get more people participating, but you can also earn and, and recover a lot more money for all that effort and time you're going to put into organizing it. Well, I would like to say. <laughs> I know you like bake sales. I know you like Don't the take bake away sales. the no, chocolate no, 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 brownie. No, no. I know, I know, I know. Oh my you? God, for three cents a brownie. Please. You, can always, you can always sell stuff, all right? That's always an option. Whether it's Christmas wreaths for the holidays, yeah. which are really popular. You could sell popcorn, you could sell candy, you can sell stuff. That's always an option for you. Um, but then you're competing. You might be competing, you know, with your, <laughs> with your kids because they're on so many different uh, organizations and stuff. So, but when you get your kids involved in a fundraiser, there are so many life lessons they can learn. I'm going to throw an example out there for you. We did a very successful bottle and can drive. This was so much for the so much fun for the kids. We advertised it ahead of time. You know, we gave a blast out to the neighborhood that we were going to hit. We asked them, save up your bottles and cans for Saturday. We're going to hit your neighborhood and put them outside of your, you know, front steps will make it easy for us. So we can just grab and go. So many people did that. We showed up in the neighborhood. The kids were in their jerseys and we split up in teams. The adults always make sure you're with the kids, make sure, you know, they do all the proper things. They got to have good manners. Don't run on the lawns. Give them all the rules before you set out. You show up in the neighborhood. You, we could not believe the overwhelming support we had. We had so many bottles and cans left out in nice, neat bags for the kids to just grab throw in the back of the cars. We worked with a redemption center where they set up a big um, um, collect a receptacle in a parking lot, which made it easier for us because they love the business too. So they're going to work with you. Everybody shows up at the parking lot, drops off the cans, hit the neighborhoods again. We raised over $700 and the kids had so much fun. And, you know, of this one sweet grandma loved hockey came out couldn't wait to see the hockey kids it just made her day and she you know asked them about the team and what <laughs> positions they played and how she had a son who played hockey and it was just such a great connection to the neighborhood too now people also get to know that hey that's a that's a great little team out there look how polite they are look how organized they are you know, look how they didn't even walk on our grass. So you're giving a positive impression of your team as well while you're raising money. What are the kids learning? How to work together? How this, they're not entitled. They actually have to earn 
their spot on the hockey team. You have to, things don't come free or cheap. You got to work hard in order to play on a team or get what you want. So many great lessons in the parents. We had so much fun too. You know, we were, <laughs> we got all dirty and smelly collecting those cans. But at the end of the day, we had, you know, a nice little get together where uh, one of the parents had, you know, wine and pizza. And we got to know each other too, outside of the ring. Um, so this is exactly what I'm talking about. Like that is brilliant. Like that to me, that to me is a fundraiser. Like that to me is a team building life lesson, clean up the environment, help people out by emptying their garages. I mean, so can I give my top three? Because this is now, now, yeah. now I got it right well, now. I, gotta, I got one I gotta, more thing. Go ahead. As go. we oh. check all the boxes. <laughs> Mike's all fired now, up, Christy. The, Way to go. The, I've got it. I've got it. I've got, I've got, I've got to send an email out today. So go ahead. <laughs> all right. Here's the other, the other little tip with your redemption center. Yes. You tell them that you would let, because a lot of times when people show up to get rid of their bottles and cans, they don't want to wait for it. They'll just say, hey, can you just throw it to a charity? Here are my bottles and cans. They're so right. busy. They don't even want to wait for their five or $6. Ask the Redemption Center if you could put a sign up and ask people who show up. It could donate rather than take the money, donate to our hockey team, put a little picture of the hockey team all the kids, little cute little faces up there. Um, so when they walk in the center, they can say, hey, oh, you know what? I want to donate to, you know, Lysander uh, skating team, or ice hockey team there. Just throw all, my throw all my money to that team. But at the end of the season, or actually in the middle of the season, you got a nice little chunk of change there too. Just, a, just another little tip that we found successful. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. And I think even putting that, like it even allowing the, the put a little sign, like, all, you know, it, it, all your donations go towards this. If you just throw your money, you know, you're throwing your cans and everything. There. Right. It's just, it's just another motivator to code that particular place and send right. people in. I love it. Mike, before right. you, before and, you, you know, jump in. Name recognition for your team too. Um, and, you know, here's the thing too. Um, you are helping the environment too. And people love to get rid of their bottles and cans. It's kind of a pain to do. You have to take a, take a time out of your busy schedule to go and if you go to a grocery store, you have to put them in and it's, it's, it's a pain. It takes up your time. They loved us taking their bottles and cans off their hands. It freed them up, you know? So it, it was a win-win for everybody. It's a great ROI on that too. Mike, I just feel like the way you're going, for some reason, and, and some of you might not know this reference, I just keep thinking you with Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, with this uh, sales technique for, for fundraising. Put that water bottle down. You can see water <laughs> bottles are for closers, right? No, I, I could see you do it. Mike, why don't you jump in? Because I know you're fired up here. You got a lot of ideas suddenly. Yeah, well, it's not, well, it's just it's just that the you know you start thinking about all the fundraisers you've done and what, the ones that have failed and the one like I've listen I've sat through you know approached uh, outside of a snack bar you know brownie sales you know and you know after you've eaten like the tenth brownie because nobody's buying them you know you start rethinking about the fundraiser you're doing right so so I feel and then you're buying them yourself but I love like the like so the top I think my top three that we've done in the past ten years have been number one was like. Uh, the team did a Christmas tree pickup. So they, they blasted everyone out between That's Thanksgiving cool. and Christmas. And then they came around after Christmas and picked up all these trees. And then they brought them to the recycle. You know, they recycled them or cut them up. They had one dad that had a, a pickup truck with a trailer and the kids would just come and they pick up the tree. They take it out of the house, even in some cases, you know, walk it to the car, put it in, shipped it. They all, I think it was like, they, they asked for like $10 a tree. 
And more, more times than not, they got 40, 50, $60 a trick. It's because people just appreciated what they were doing. So the next one we have done, I think that part of, you know, that, that understanding that the team is doing the work, that the players are the ones that are participating, obviously you have to have parent supervision. And, you know, so one of the, one of the great ones that I like too, was that we did uh, fall yard cleanups. So we would have the kids come break up into teams. You know, I try to find the, you know, the best captain of each team didn't have to be a real captain. It could, you know, whoever was our team captain, it could be just anybody that I felt was responsible to know where, you know, <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd ask the kids like everybody know what flowers look like and everybody know that there's been weeds and, and, you know, flower beds. So we're going to go to these people's homes. It's always, you know, you, it doesn't really matter the age of the person, but you could go to any, even retirement communities, anywhere we can rake out the leaves. Everybody brings, you know, you always have the kids bring gloves, their own rake. And then I would always have like, there's always one or two parents that have a couple of leaf blowers and you know tarps and things like that we break the kids up in the you know sometimes we do uh you know whoever can fill the pickup truck first you know that kind of stuff so we would go and if you're really lucky depending on what kind of community you live in you could have kids doing different yards at the same exact time and just you know combining into one place so i think it was a really good you know we've we'd always ask for like a hundred dollars but again similar to the christmas tree pickup Everyone is always going to give more if they know it's a fundraiser. They see their young men and women are out there working hard. You know, they're putting in a good sweat and they're working together. And, and, and you know, for me as a coach, you always found the kid, you know, just like the kid that doesn't pick up pups at the end of practice. You always find the kid that finds his way not to rake any leaves or pick up anything. And that's really telling. I mean, you know, I know it's part not, I know it's not part of our fundraising discussion, but it is part of our team building discussion. So I thought it was sure. a big part of it. And then sure. by far the, 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 the most fun one that we've done. And I think the most rewarding is because there's an ending is that we have all the kids uh, from September until December, they're, they're collecting hockey sticks, broke their own sticks, friends, sticks, rink sticks, collecting broken hockey sticks, uh, goalie sticks, whatever it is, asking their teammates, asking other programs. And then at the end of December, we would take all of these sticks. We, we found uh, an individual who made those great hockey chairs and Adirondack chairs out of hockey sticks. Right. He would make the chairs for us. And then we would raffle the chairs off um, at the, at the, you know, towards the end of the year. And that would help fund all the coaching gifts. And I thought, and we literally raffled chairs off for five, six, $700 a chair made by the uh, sticks that the kids already invested in you know it's like the old saying and i think christy we, we may have talked about this at one point but you know when you go to a hockey tournament and you get charged to go see your own kids play in the hockey tournament it's the same type of thing like well i already paid for the hockey tournament how are you charging me right. you know so it's the same thing with right. the sticks it's great like i bought the stick it broke there was no you know uh warranty on it i'm donating it for something that now will give me return on the stick uh, and most of the time it was our own parents that bought the stick anyway, bought, bought the chair or the bench or the, the clothes hanger. And I thought those are really cool fundraisers because I thought there was, you know, I don't, I don't want to say there's minimal effort, but there was more team effort everywhere. You can't like, you know, you can't hide in a Christmas tree pickup and uh, you know, yard pickup and, you know, bringing in sticks, you know, you can't, you know, it, it, it really, for me, it enabled it not to always be the same people doing the same fundraiser every single month. It really broadened out who we were doing and it was fun. I think it was, I think everybody really got involved in it and, and, and enjoyed it. So I think we, we, we checked all those boxes that Christy was talking about. You know, we earned money. It was good ROI. We gave back, we did something for our, our, our community and we built a lot of team pieces in there that hopefully 
you know, the kids will remember, you know, outside of, you know, not being, you know, being short shifted or something like that in the third period. I want the name of that guy who makes uh, chairs out of hockey sticks. Wow. There's a couple of good ones by, uh, there's a couple of really good ones by us and and they're really, they're unbelievable. And we have one right here down, down near me and he comes up with benches and hockey hangers and, you know, uh, they do the, 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 uh, the barbecue grill, you know, hamburger flippers and spatch and things like that all made out of hockey sticks i think it's the wow. coolest thing but if you could do it with your own sticks it even makes it it even makes it more rewarding i think yeah i got i got a bunch of them for them i'm gonna have to call there them up get them to yeah, work. we're collecting send I'll, I'll put my address up on the screen a little bit send them on now. <laughs> here's another fundraiser as we're talking about how to get the kids involved look to work with your AH, ahl team we work for the syracuse crunch and they're great with youth hockey teams we do a chuck-a-puck night so all the kids get to go to a crunch game and then during the periods before the game and during the periods we sell pucks that get to be chucked out into the ice and the puck that lands closest to the bullseye on the ice wins uh, half the money. Uh, we raised probably seven or eight hundred dollars that our last chuck-a-puck night a few years ago and it was great because the kids enjoy seeing obviously their heroes play they're all together selling. So again, they're learning the communication skills and the importance of raising money for something that you want. And uh, the parents have a ball too, because we get to spend a night with our kids, just taking in a crunch game. It's fantastic. And the crunch is very generous um, with splitting up the nights. Um, like our Lysander team got one night and, you know, Camilla's got another night. So all the teams get a night where they can uh, sell pucks that will be chucked during the game. And, and it's so much fun too. And it, it kind of makes, uh, makes it fun for everybody in the audience too. They love the, the chance to uh, throw a puck out onto the ice and you know have a chance to win some money. So look for some opportunities with your local um, professional teams. So I had step one is identify what you need the money for. I have step two is choose what type of fundraiser you're going to do and think about the ROI. So Christy, that last one has great ROI if you're near an AHL team or a minor league team, because uh, it's legit just a couple hours of your time to make a lot of money. Um, and then, you know, Mike, the ones you explained take time, but they teach a lot of life lessons and you can earn a lot of money. Um, again, I think about it just from what you're saying too, it, it, you know, you got to think about if, if you're trying to create a fundraiser, you got to think about the things people need, want, and are happy to give money for. I, I find when it comes to fundraising, most people are happy to give the money if it's the right situation. Kid comes to your door and says, hey, it's uh, January 10th. Do you still have your Christmas tree? Do you want me to take it off your hands for you? Man, you're helping me. I'm happy to pay you and I'm helping you, right? That's that's one that's like, wow, that's a no-brainer, all right? Um same thing with Chuck a Puck. They're at the game already. Why would they not want to support a youth hockey team? But that's step two is choose what type of fundraiser to do. Um, and it leads to step three, which we've already alluded to, which is make sure that to unify the team around the life lessons. Now, this is where I'm going to chime in a tiny bit. Um, I'll, I'll preface this with this. With, when it comes to fundraisers, you really need a dedicated person or a group of people, a committee, uh, to run these things successfully. I, I would say the eye roller is when you have to do more work. Right. When the team comes, hey, we're all going to do this and I need you to do this and you to do that and you to do this. That's where you get the eye rolls. We're all busy. Right. So that's why you need a fundraising committee or a fundraising person to lead it. The work that the parent should have to do, in my opinion, is, OK, I have to bring my kid somewhere. Or I have to drop my kid off or uh, I have to be with my kid while they do this. To me, that's that's just parenting. That's part of the team building. That's part of being, um, you know, uh, part of the experience. I think, too, and I'll say this, that 
Um, and again, I'll get your thoughts on this, friends, is that there's a lot of great, not just life lessons, but business lessons and lessons in general when you have to quote unquote sell. Now we're living in this weird time period where that's a four letter word, literally and figuratively, um, where people look at that like it's a bad thing, like, oh, I'm not going to be a used car salesman. And I think we have the wrong idea with that. All right. The truth is when you learn to sell, you learn to sell yourself, you learn to sell what you're doing. Everybody is selling something out there. Everybody. If you're listening to this, if you have a job, you are selling something. Everyone's selling something. So teaching your kids how to do that ethically, I'm going to put that in there, trust, trustworthy, right? To speak up, to explain value when it comes to fundraising is insanely important in my opinion, right? So you want to arm the kids with that. Of, okay, so we're doing, Mike, your example, we're doing Christmas trees. We're picking up Christmas trees today, or we're doing weeds, right? Here's the job. Here's why we're doing it. Here's what we get out of it. Here's the value for the person, right? Those are really important things to teach kids. Again, ethically, never lie. This isn't about lying to make money. It's about telling the truth. Right. So I want to throw that back yeah. to you guys in, in terms of just, you know, am I crazy in thinking that again, I'm a, I'm a businessman for this full disclosure. Right. But uh, any opportunity I have to teach my kids, you know, how to negotiate, how to, how to provide value in an ethical way. I can't say that enough. Like we don't do this wrong. Right. I think that's a very, very, very important skill set that schools are not teaching. This is your chance to do it. Who wants to go first? Right. And I think that's, you know, I know for me, like, that's why the scouts were so important for our family, because they, that's like a mandated piece of what, you know, as they rank, as they go through rank, they have to, you have to learn how to, you know, look somebody in the eye, right. ask them for something, have a conversation, introduce yourself, introduce your mission, who you're with, what you're doing. And that's intimidating for a 12, 13, totally. 14 year old boy or girl, right. Knocking on the door. Hi, my name's Michael. I'd love to be able to help you. I see today that you have, you know, I know, you know, you're, we're in the middle of fall and we're here with a whole team and we're, we're ready to, you know, rake the leaves. And this is why we're doing it. And, you know, I love seeing the kids that step up and do that. And you'll start seeing, you know, and especially today, we'll all, you know, you know, parents now will say, oh, my kid doesn't look anybody in the eye. He doesn't shake their hand. They don't make eye contact. They're on their video games all the time. Well, this is it, right. it, it you know, and I think, and I think you'll see what I love too out of this is the person on the other side they'll engage like more times than not they're not you're never gonna get the door slammed on you i mean how many girl scouts get the door slammed on them not many right i mean it's like it, you know it's 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 a different way of looking at it but i think to your point lee you're teaching not only are you doing an ethical piece of learning how to sell but you're also learning how to communicate totally you're learning how to delegate you're learning how to you know convince and 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 have a conversation with somebody like an adult that maybe you don't get a lot of interaction with. I mean, you know, that you think about your, you know, 12 to 15 year old kids, how many times do they really get to interact with adults outside of you? And, um, you know, it, it really does. I think it adds so much more right. than just I'm raising a hundred dollars here today. Well, I'll take it to uh, another right. level. That's a great point. Um, and, and I hope parents who are so used to just, I just want to write the check. I don't want to get involved. I don't want my kids involved. Take a moment and think about what you're missing here. How, how often do we see our kids on our phones, their phones constantly, not knowing how to talk to, as you said, Mike, talk to adults, how to communicate. Look at all the skills and the opportunities that present themselves with a simple fundraiser that's really not as 
bad as you might think it be. And actually, you might surprise yourself at the end of the day and say, step back and say, wow, my kid actually talked to people today, people he didn't know. Yeah. My kid, actually, look what he sold or look what he did or look what he accomplished. Look what we did as a family. So um, think about that before you say no to fundraisers right. and just wanting to take the easy way out and just write the check. Well, and, and I think that I think that goes I think that goes sorry, Lee. No, uh, I, I think that goes into the, I think that goes into the, the point of what fundraiser you're choosing. If you're going to choose a fundraiser where you're selling raffle tickets that there's zero interaction, yeah, it's easy to write a check. Who knows? Like, who really knows if your kid went and stole 20 raffle tickets? You just bought them all, right? And then you're sitting in, you know, you look in the living room, you know, in the desk, and you're like, where did we get all these raffle tickets from? <laughs> you know, get a whole pile of them, and you just paid for them. So if you want to, you could purposely put the kids in situations where they can't just write a check. You actually physically have to go do something to earn it. Um, you know, it, it, like we, we, one year we did the kids clean the boards at the guy at the local rink with, with, with Brillo pads, like sat on five gallon buckets and scrubbed all the puck marks off the boards. And the guy, the, the manager of the rink paid them the same amount of money they would to have a service come in and do that. And the kids were in their own rink saying, this is sweet. Look how clean the boards are here. And then I got to teach lessons like, yeah, you know, see all the black marks behind the net. We don't want all those black marks behind the net. We'd like them in the net. Right. So there's all kinds of you know, fun ways you can, you can turn good fundraising opportunities into team building exercises for sure. Right. And also consider working with some restaurants. We had a fantastic fundraiser at Applebee's um, and a couple of other restaurants where you get um, a discount and a percentage of whatever is sold that night at the restaurant is going to go to your team. What the restaurants really could probably use right now, business coming out of COVID. So they're probably going to welcome some hockey teams, uh, helping them to boost their business for a night. And they may be short supply for staff too. I mean, our kids bust tables. They were greeted, greeting people at the door. They were handing out menus. Um, so I think restaurants, especially now, might really welcome an opportunity to have a hockey team and all their family and friends in there for a night while you make some money. Just something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll, I'll take all of these uh, examples even a step further, guys, in the sense of, you know, when I work with teams, one of the big things I talk about uh, for team building is team identity. And there's different levels to identity. There's identity with the team itself, but there's also the community, right? And the only way to get community identity is to go out into the community and interact with your community. And I don't think we do this enough. Um, with youth hockey teams. Now, look, I'm also going to say this too. Again, people are busy, like for, for the parents listening out there. I understand people are busy and, and it, there's going to be some years that it's just, I just don't have the time this year. But, you know, this is your chance to get out to your local community. Mike, I love the idea of scrubbing the boards because that's their home, right? Now you get an identity in your own rank. Like I scrub these boards. When the away team comes in, I don't want them to win. They didn't work to clean these boards. I did. My team did, right? They paid us. This is our home. Uh, so I love the, the synergy there of the fundraising mixed with that team building identity um, or community building, right? Um, it's always stronger as a coach and as a team to play for something when you have a grip on exactly what it is that you're playing for, right? And if you know the community, if you know the rink, um, that's a value. So again, step two, um, I'll go through it again. Step one, identify what you need the money for. Step two, choose what type of fundraiser you're going to do. Step three, make sure to unify the team around life lessons. 
again, Christy, your example, of the restaurants, another great one. I think that restaurants would love this right now out of COVID um, to have people come in and try it again. Uh, and I'm sure you could do something even with uh, 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 people ordering for pickup, right? There, there's a lots of ways to do this. Um, before I get to step four, one, one warning to the parents out there, um, and, and Mike and Christy, if you want to jump in on this, feel free. Um, again, there's going to be years where there's too much going on. You have multiple kids. Maybe you can't get as involved as you want to. But don't teach your kids that there's a shortcut out of things all the time, that writing a check can just be the answer. All right. A, there's a lot of families that can't do that. Um, and uh, and I, I think we have to be empathetic to that too, or B, is that, look, if you're in a position, you can just write off a check and get it and get it out of the way. Look, that's great. I mean, congratulations. I'm not saying that in any negative way. All right. But what are you teaching your kids that there's a shortcut with money to get out of everything? Um, no matter what you're thinking, that, that's not always the case. Right. It's not a bad thing for have your kids to go through a hard day of work <laughs> to teach them the value of work. All right. Um, and well, that if you want something, you have to earn it. That's the other great opportunities from these. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. And, and to, you know, when you said it earlier, when it comes down to time, I can guarantee you this. If I told you there was two games on a Saturday, one at 11 and one at four, you would find the time right. totally. to do it. All of a sudden your son or daughter would have, Oh no, there's no conflicts. I can make it. I can get there. But all of a sudden you add in, Oh, we're doing a, a, a fall cleanup. Oh, that day. I forgot about that day. day. Oh, they're busy or they got this or I, I, yeah. I all their doctor's appointments are on that Saturday. So don't, to, to, you know, to what you're saying is, and I, you know, and I, again, I'm, I'm probably because I've been doing this so long, you know, I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll just schedule two games that day. That's my benchmark. I'm going to hold that Saturday and then we'll just cancel the games and tell them, oh, we're doing this. And I already know you're all coming <laughs> to the game. So you're, you're all know, I know you can come to this event. So I think it's just, That's a matter of, you know, don't tell me you don't have the time when you actually do and you just don't want to do it. And I think we've even talked about this, about our team building stuff. It's always the, the people and the kids that need it the most that, that are, are fighting it right. the most. Right. And, you know, I don't know. I love, I like fundraisers that build team cohesion. I love fundraisers that get great ROI. I like fundraisers that help the community and help, you know, your own team. And, and I think that's, uh, you know, again, I think that's, it's easier than writing a check. And, and I, and I, and I love, and, and I, I think there's a common mission, you know, that we talked about earlier, what is the fundraiser for? Um, if it's cause you know, you're, you're the team that you spend $8,000 to play for a year wants to go to, you know, Costa Rica for a weekend for a special hockey tournament. I'm probably not giving money to that fundraiser. Um, but if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if your team from Syracuse, New York just won their regional championship and now they want to find a way to go to, you know, uh, Anaheim because of the nationals, I get behind that hundred percent. And we've seen that happen. And we've seen teams in a pinch at the end of the year because they weren't expecting to go to nationals. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, they made it. Now they got to come up with money to get there. Um, and they do reach out to uh, the hockey community. And we're pretty generous. And I think every team that did make it to national got there. Um, they were able to, uh, through fund fundraising, the community really, I mean, that's a big deal. So don't be shy and, you know, contact your local news. We did a story on this one team that, uh, uh, made it to nationals, didn't have the money, and uh, they did a, um, um, a social media page. Um, I forget what the, what do you call those things? The uh, like the pages go, where you go fund me or something, right? 
Oh, that's it. They did a GoFundMe page and uh, they were able to raise enough money and they used their digital platforms to get the word out there too. Little messages from, you know, the girls and they put it on their Twitter page, on their Facebook page. Yeah. Um, they, you know, contacted local news organizations. Can you, can you help our team get there? And everybody stepped up and helped them get there. So don't be shy if there's a, if your team did something spectacular and you need help getting there, chances are the community is going to help you. Yeah, but I like your idea too about, about um, you know, looking at your budget and don't be afraid to ask where the money is going and how you're going to spend it. And as a team decide if that's really something that everybody can number one afford and number two wants to do. Um, you know, so you have a big role in determining what your season looks like and where you want to go and what you want to do. Don't be shy. It's a great transition yeah. uh, to step four, which is going to be scope uh, or, or, or scale, I should say. But I'll tell you guys a, qu a quick story uh, about a friend of mine. And, and this isn't directly fundraising, but it proves the point of everything we're saying. Uh, my business partner, Matt, has four boys. He has four sons, I think, ranging from 11 down to five years old. And what he did was he had them create, I mean, this legitimately create a business. All right. Uh, it's called the O's bros. O bros. They all have the, every one of his sons has a first name that starts with the letter O. So he's called them the O bros and they made a lawn caring service. And these kids from 11 down, again, they're not, they're not teenagers, right? They are like the neighborhood's lawn care company. And these kids rake in an incredible amount of money and they advertise themselves. Again, Matt helps them advertise online. He helps them uh, by driving them to the to the to the uh, lawns they got to do. Um, absolutely, some parenting there because sometimes these kids don't want to do it, but he teaches them you got to do the job. You're getting paid to do the job. These kids rake in so much money that they they I'm not kidding here. They fund vacation trips for themselves at 11 down. So what I think his his nine year old just went to Austin, Texas with his mom because he felt like it. He earned that money on his own. So this kind of proves the point that you know. Again, look, look, I'm sure the five-year-old's a little young, right? He just probably helps out by picking up stuff off the ground. But these kids are funding vacations for themselves. So, so there's really no age that this is too young or team that this is too young. You can do it. And guys, I'm talking, they make serious money. They spend it all, but they make serious money, 11 down. And, and the parents don't take any of it. They, they, that's the other key point. It's their money. They're earning it. So great left lessons there. So again, just to run through this one more time. Step one, identify what you need the money for. Step two, choose what time uh, or what type of fundraiser you're doing. Step three, make sure to unify the team around the life lessons and the cause of the marketing. I'm sorry, add the fundraising. And step four, scale, scope. So the question to you two, you said it earlier in the episode, you get your five uh, relatives that always donate. How do you get beyond them? How do you get to the local companies? How do you get to the neighborhood? What do you do to get this message out there? Okay. So for me, I think you said it earlier, you designate somebody to be your lead, right? You need a parent, you need and a kid. So you have a team parent and a team player could be the, could be the same. It could be the, the, the parent's kid, right. whatever it is, you need a lead. You need a player lead. You need a parent lead and you have a plan and then you delegate, delegate, delegate. <laughs> don't, don't make sure that you assign when you assign, most people want to help. They want to, they want to contribute. So if you know what you want to do, you have your person you see on Facebook every single day, designate them to help you promote what you're doing. You know, they're going to send out the list. They're going to send out the dates. They're going to send out what the fundraiser is for. Then you just work on somebody to collect, you know, depending on how you're going to collect your money, you work, you have a treasurer, and then you have somebody that's going to report that, 
you know, so that, you know, there's everybody knows up front what's going on. It's all transparent. And I think just having that plan and then just like you would for your team, right? Just build a mission statement into your fundraiser. Why are you doing, what's your why for the fundraiser? Keep people focused. If it's one day or four months, what's the, what's the, you know, what's the fundraiser? What's it for? And how are we going to stay on track? If you do those things as part of your team, I think you're going to, any, any fundraiser going to have success. Points. Right. Transparency is really important. Um, not that you shouldn't trust people, but it, you got to make sure that they're very open about what's been earned and where it's going. You do need to look closely at that because we have had instances in the past where some of the money didn't uh, go exactly where it was intended and a certain person may have profited from it, unfortunately, and got caught, but not until after the season was over. So um, I know I hate to bring that up and it sounds so awful and ugly, but it's a part of reality. You do need to hold that person accountable if you do designate someone as the main fundraiser, the keeper of the funds, the treasurer, make sure everybody knows where the money is and how much is coming in and how much is going out. hundred percent. Sorry, I can bring that up. Oh, no, no, listen, <laughs> I know, but it's, it's, just, it. it's just, yeah. it's just, it's having, tra- but I think transparency comes with the mission. Like the more the mission is established and the more you know what we're doing this for, the more scrutiny there is over it and everybody's contributing to it. And I think even if you did privately and you had your little you know, thermometer with the, with the money being raised, like we're getting our goal, we're almost there, we're almost there. Right. We're, you know, Tracking. the motivating piece of that, of let's keep, let's keep this going, we're so close. And then let's, who's gonna get us over the top? And depending on how your fundraiser structured and how you delegated all of those responsibilities out, hopefully you're gonna have a great group of kids that felt like they all contributed to the team going to a tournament, uh, raising money for new hats, doing you know new sweatsuits, a team party, whatever it is, you all contributed to it. Right. It wasn't just you know one person doing all the work and then say at the end of the year, I don't know why I did all this work. My kid didn't even get as much ice time as the other kids. You know, right? Just, I love the idea of yeah. a digital thermometer, something visual where you can see where you're at, where you're going. It gets everybody motivated and puffed up to keep pushing that thermometer up. The mercury keeps rising. Right. I love that idea. That's great. And don't be afraid to use your digital platforms. If you have a Facebook page, blast it out there. Get other, um, your friends and family to share on their social media pages too. You know, hey, we're doing a bottle, bottle and can drive. We're going to be at this neighborhood. Yeah. Donate your cans to this redemption center. Show up at this date and time. Help our team get there. Um, and don't be afraid to let your kids also give little messages too, because uh, hey, a tug at the heartstrings when you see a little kid in a hockey jersey say, "Could you please donate to my fundraiser this weekend?" Yeah, can could I, you please donate some cans and bottles to my team? Can I just, oh, they fall for it. I just, How do I, they say no to that cute little face? <laughs> I, I just want to say one thing too: your fundraiser doesn't have to be for you. You know, your fundraiser could be for another, for something else. Charity. It could be for something yeah. you want, a charity that you want the kids. If you're using it as a team building exercise and a way to, you know, bring empathy and, and inclusion with children, it doesn't have to go to you. Matter, matter right. of fact, maybe it's even better in some cases, you know, just uh, we contributed this money towards this cause. We right. did it. We've done it for pantreatic cancer. We've done it for, you know, um, you know, other forms of, of military of veterans. There's, uh, there's so many different families. things. Yeah. There's so many things you yeah. can do that, that your collective group. I mean, the great thing about a team is your collective group of like-minded people that can accomplish these goals. If that's your, if that's who your team is and Lee does this every day you know, with his teams, 
that, you know, it doesn't have to go towards me. Right. I, I could be giving it towards a mission that we have for our team right. to build around. And we I would always it. get kids involved in turtle events, especially during the holidays, put on their jerseys and ring the bell for the Salvation Army, Whatever it collect blankets for the homeless, go to the SPCA and donate food and blankets mm-hmm. for, for, the, for the animals that are in the shelter. Lots of opportunities to do that. It doesn't even have to be a, a monetary gift that you give. It can just be, you know, just showing up and donating your time too, you know, you know for I'll, cookie making sandwiches yeah. for the homeless. There's lots of things you can do. I'll Leon, I want to sneak in one thing. Yeah, go, go for it. Go go sorry. For it. No, no, you go first. No, but I just want to sneak in. I just want to sneak in one thing because one other, we talked about this at the beginning, this ROI idea, but one piece of fundraising is not having to raise funds. So think about with your teams, what are you, what are, what can you do as a team? Like we do, um, we do my team currently, we do a tape buying deal. So all the team contributes to buying tape. So all our tape is now half of what tape would normally cost. You think about your, your player, your player could go through 20, 30, 40 rolls of tape a year by an individual. And if you can reduce that by 50%, you're fundraising for yourself. So do, you know, you want to do like team buy deals and contribute, you know, when you have 20 players all contributing to something, everything gets less expensive. And you, you what got me talking, uh, thinking about too, Christy, was you mentioned even the snacks. Like if all my parents are out buying snacks for their own kids, imagine if we all did this together and we all funded it. So one parent went to Costco or BJ's or whatever. And then, you know, if you really, if you don't want to spend money, find ways to save money, do it as a team. Right. Right. That's a great idea. You know, another- and you know, work with your local businesses too. It might be willing to give you some discount um, in bulk right. when you buy in bulk. Right. I think that not only that, but that's a great way to teach the kids about saving money. Again, an- another life lesson that we don't teach in school of like, hey, when yeah. you, you know, there's an economy of scale. When you buy a lot of something, you can get a discount. It's better for you. So when you're eating top ramen every day in college, you can learn a little bit about budgeting. Um, <laughs> well, what's wrong with that? Was that not normal? I, I still do that. Look, every once in a while, I'll get on a top ramen kick for a week. It's kind of weird. Look, a few, a few <laughs> thoughts on what we said, um, Mike. And I do appreciate you shouting out uh, my teams with, with fundraising and charity. Uh, we, we give a lot back. Um, and there's multiple reasons we do this. And I think this, this jumps into the conversation. One um, is that we're doing all right. And there's other people that aren't. And we always took the approach of if we're not helping other people, what are we doing here? Right. So I'm not going to name any of my companies. My point is we always find ways to give back to local military. If it's a hockey company, we try and give back to local youth organizations. Um, We create deals for them. We're always trying to give back. And I'll tell you this right now, and everyone's heard this, but it's so true. You feel so great when you're able to hand a check or hand something to somebody that didn't have it before that didn't even ask for it. All right. And, and it's, it's just a major part of our team environment of what we like to do to, to, it's part of our year. It's part of our day. We do a major charity drive every year with, with both of my companies, so forth and so on. Um, another great one, uh, and this is not so much fundraising, but uh, Christy, you brought it up and Mikey brought it up. When I was in college, um, uh, both as a player and as a coach, we would go to inner city schools and read to the kids. And I'll tell you right now, uh, you can do this in high school, do it to your elementary school. These kids thought we were heroes. They thought we were NHL players. They didn't know. They didn't know any different. We were college hockey players coming to read to them. Man, that gave me some perspective when I was 18 to 22 of, of what I'm doing and why I'm here. Um, talk about a message. Talk about earning something. The last message I'll say on fundraising and doing stuff um, in general 
and 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 I'm gonna say two things here. Let's be honest. The world could use a little bit of kindness right now, a little bit of empathy. Um, if you're sitting at home listening to me saying that and rolling your eyes, I'm not gonna jump on you, but I am gonna say, take a minute and ask yourself, why is that horrible to you? Is it a political reason? Is it a groaner for other reasons? Are you just miserable? I'm not talking about any of those reasons. I'm just simply saying that doing something nice for somebody else is something we used to stand for. And I think we all need to get back to a little bit on all sides of the aisle. Doesn't matter where you sit. Fundraising is a great way to teach your kids to do that. The, the last thing I'll say about that is that it's not the adults that are gonna lead the country forward with the next generation, it's our kids. So what are we teaching them? Like I, I can find a miserable 50 year old person that's gonna tell me everything that's wrong with the country and the world. It's tough to change that person. Hi, Mike. <laughs> he just waved it. For those of you listening, he just waved at it. All right. But look, the, the 12-year-old kid who hasn't seen that side of the world yet, he will or she will. What can we teach them now about being a better person? And by the way, teaching sales, teaching communication, teaching the techniques, teaching things aren't always fair. Teach them that now. Teach them those lessons now. Don't, they don't have to be 25, 35, 45 to figure that out. Right, Christy, you, you brought it up and I'm going to say this again. It, it's a little negative. People do steal money in these things. I, I don't know how. If you're the type of person that's going to steal from kids, that says a lot about you. It does happen, but that's a life lesson too. I, 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 you know, I'm not suggesting anybody do that to teach a life lesson, but these are the things you got to learn. Life's not always fair. We don't, we don't teach that enough. All right. Uh, last thing, Christy, going back to social media, and I got to say this because, uh, and, and I'm going to tap myself a little bit on the back here, but I literally wrote a book about this. All right. Um, the biggest opportunity you have to get your message out there is digital media, whether you like it or not. For the first time ever, we are more interconnected than ever before. Everyone has a portable television studio in their pocket. And as Christy said, all you got to do is record the whole team or a bunch of the kids. And Christy, you did a great impression saying, hi, my name is Lee and I play for the AU team and we're raising money so we can go to nationals. You're going to be able to get that message out there. If you get a- That was good. Yeah, I just, I'm just channeling my inner eight-year-old there. If, uh, by the way, my, my seven-year-old doesn't sound anything like that, but you can get that message out there to, to these people using social media. And again, someone on your team, most likely the kids, but someone on your team is a marketing expert. It's always, always there. And get this, they'd probably love to help you. All right. Most market experts love to show that they love a lot about marketing. Okay. So right. I'm telling you that social media, if you have a fundraiser, no matter what kind of fundraiser it is, it's a great way to get the message out there. Get the kids involved. Show faces. All right. The last thing I'll, and actually Christy is, the, we actually literally have someone on the show that can do this, but all of you, you have your local news people or you watch Jeopardy. Why do you love Alex Trebek? God rest his soul. Because he was in your home every night after dinner. You know Alex Trebek, don't you? But you've never met him. Christy is an anchor. Everyone in Syracuse knows Christy Casciano Burns. But most of you haven't met her, although Christy's met a lot of people. I'm not going to say it. All right. Yeah. FaceTime, connection, community, fundraising. Wow, I didn't mean to make that sound so great, but I did. Just to go over these again before we get to our final thoughts. Step one, identify what you need the money for. Step two, choose what type of fundraiser to do. Step three, make sure that you unify the team about the life lessons, the community, the, the, the identity, all this stuff that you can use this for beyond just the money. And then st step four is scale, scope. Find ways to get this out there. Use the, the resources at your disposal. Find the parent that wants to do it. Uh, step five, don't steal the money. <laughs> just had to throw that in there. Please don't, don't steal, steal the money. money. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not why we're doing it. 
right? As any final thoughts on fundraising? I think this has actually been a pretty informative yeah. episode. Obviously, if you're listening, <laughs> right? Home, and, yeah, tell us what you do too. Like, comment, find right. us. No, you know, we just threw out a few examples. There are so many out there. You totally. could do a hockey a thon too at your rink where your kids have to go out and get sponsors. And then they're challenged to do laps around the rink and just like a, a regular, you know, marathon that right. you might see so from much the fundraisers. So much you can do. You could, you know, if you want to, if you don't have the time, go tap a local business, have them donate a big gift, like a big screen TV or a remote starter. And you can sell raffle tickets and your kids can help you with this. Um, sell raffle tickets to other, other families um, and whoever, you know, at the mid season, you, you, uh, you know, just sell the raffle ticket for what, maybe 50 bucks. If you limit it to a certain number, and then you can tell the people, you know, only a hundred people are entering this for $50. You can win this big prize. That's a, that's another option for you. So, I mean, that's not as fun and you don't get the kids as involved, but you know, if you're desperate for money, there, there are other ways that you can do it and be creative. Um, like there, there's so many things that we haven't even talked about. Um, that, that are out there for opportunities for you. Think out of the box, collaborate, brainstorm. You'd totally. be surprised um, some of the fundraisers that parents have already done that are successful. Tap them and ask them, hey, what, what worked for you? Um, and uh, it, it, it can be really fun. And don't, don't let just one parent carry the load though. Even though you have a committee and you've tapped one person to organize it, step up. Because as I always say, it takes a team to run a team. Mike, any final thoughts yeah. from you? No, I'm I'm stoked about getting my email sent out now. I know this is this go. is uh you know I think this is kind of goes in our in our suite of you know preparing for the season and thinking about things that you know I, I probably don't want to think about this in January and, and you know everybody's uh, you know kids are going one way, parents are going the other. You know this is something you pre-plan on. You know put it on the calendar, get it on, get it in people's heads that you're going to do it um, and designate it out. Don't, don't procrastinate and, and put it together. And I think I, 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 I for one, and, th and that's one of the reasons I love doing this podcast, because I think, you know, all those things we talk about, it kind of refocuses me and just reminds me of, oh, geez, I got to get that done. And that's something I really like right. doing. And, I, and, you know, I think in this last year and a half, there's so many great things we all want to do that we forgot about. And I think this gives us a great opportunity to kind of jump back into it with, with two feet and, and do a lot of these great creative things and incorporate the, the, you know, in my case, boys in, in learning uh, all these great lessons in life that don't, don't, uh, you know, require skates and gloves. Well, Mike, you said it perfectly right there. One of the reasons I love doing this podcast too, is like, I'm learning from it. So just today's podcast, I learned, you got motivated. Christy got to relive her years of uh, being a hockey mom, doing fundraising, all the nightmares and the happiness from that. But that's how, you know, this is a great show because we're all, we're all taking something away from it, even if there wasn't an audience, but we do have an audience and you guys are awesome. You've been really uh, boosting us up lately and we appreciate it. Uh, so with that said, look, if you have fundraising tips, fundraising ideas, you want to share with our audience, uh, make sure you can email, email them to us at team at ourkidsplayhockey.com. Join us on Facebook um, or just comment. Find us. We're everywhere. And let us know what fundraisers work for you because we want to share that information with our audience. We can all learn from each other. That's one of the main reasons we made this podcast. Uh, but, you know, I, I've given up. Every time we jump on an episode, like, oh, it'll be 20 minutes. No, it's always an hour because we love talking. And if, you, uh, <laughs> if you've made it through the whole episode, thank you for being here. And uh, make sure you to subscribe to us, um, both wherever you're listening to this or follow us again on social media. 
But uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Our Kids Play Hockey. For Christy Casciano, Burns, and Mike Benelli, I'm Lee Elias. Check us out. More episodes, ourkidsplayhockey.com. And we are wherever podcasts can be heard. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy your season.